puppy right here. You got a puppy? Yeah. Whoa. Who knew? Me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back to Hunting Overtime. I'm your host, Brian Shoning. Got a partner here, Zella. She's actually uh, getting ready for bed, though, so she's not going to join me for much longer. She just doesn't know it yet. Right, Zella? Yeah. Hunting Overtime is here to assist you with the knowledge and skills to help you be successful in the field. Established with the listener in mind, this podcast is dedicated to providing as much helpful information as possible to help you achieve your outdoor goals. From whitetail to elk and everything in between, I'm here to provide my insights and give you the ability to try them in the field. I'm your host, Brian Shoning. And this is Hunting Overtime. Hey, back again. So I was actually just looking. Turns out this is episode 20. So that's awesome. Um, I'm very excited about that. Uh, Episode 20 is a, I don't know, I guess you call it a milestone. So I'm celebrating here with a margarita. And it's actually gone, unfortunately. But... We've been into these, they're hella margarita mix. They're pretty good. But we've kind of been into those at our house, so that's what I was sipping on there. Um, my, my headphones are messed up. There we go. Um, so yeah, welcome back. We've had a lot going on around here. I actually got to spend a day today with my family, which is really nice. We took a little short trip to a uh, city nearby about an hour and 15 minutes away and I don't know where you guys are all from but for us that's actually relatively close um, and it's it just has some more uh, stores and stuff that we can go to because right now we have a I'm sitting here looking at a hole in our basement ceiling because we had a water leak so we're replacing remodeling our entire master bathroom so we had to get like a new vanity new toilet before the work starts so that's what we did today, but it was fun. Hit some buffalo wild wings for lunch. Got the kids some ice cream, and of course, I'm a ice cream junkie, so of course I joined in on that ice cream train. But anyways, that was a good day. Enjoyable. A lot of work with the kids, but it's always fun, and they really enjoyed it, so that's what really matters. But... Anyways, what else have I had going on since I was on here last? Uh, I think last time, episode 19, I talked to you about our elk hunting trip. And tonight I'm actually going to go through, well, I guess it's not necessarily night for you guys, but it is for me, 8.30 almost. That's almost past my bedtime. But anyways, I'm going to go through our whitetail hunt that we have with Powder Morning Hunting. And they're an outfitting company here out of western Nebraska. They have all sorts of different things. They have whitetail, mule deer, antelope. They do some waterfowl, upland, turkeys. What else am I missing? I think that's about it. Um, But anyways, they're a great company. Uh, I know Coy, he actually lives up the street from me, and great person, great guy to work with, 
I know that if you guys ever were interested in any sort of outfitting, uh, he'd be sure he would surely be glad to help you out, hook you up, and he will definitely do his best to get you on any game that he has. I'm actually I just pulled up their website here. It's pomohunting.com. That's P-O-M-O hunting.com. And right there he has for hunts antelope, mule deer, white tail. Wow. Antelope, mule deer, white tail, waterfowl, turkey, upland, and varmint hunting. So what we actually did is he let us go in and hunt one of his properties for whitetail. And we we're trying to do an early season with archery equipment. Uh, so we packed our bows in there. The hard part was the corn was still in and there was a lot of corn. There's like five pivots there and the whitetail, they're just stacked in those pivots of corn. So I, we haven't been back there since the corn was out. I'm sure, well I know that changes things dramatically just because they can't just stay in the corn the entire time. So they have to go other places, find other places to live and survive. But when we were there, they were in the corn. So how this hunt started out, so we got hooked up with Koi. He got us, told us where about the spot, got us out there. And the first night we got in there a little bit later than we wanted to, but we wanted to make sure and get in there hunting. Even if we weren't in the perfect spot, we wanted to make sure we were there so we could see. So Tyler and I, my brother, he was in there. If you guys haven't caught on or know anything about us, for sure, uh, we run the Seasons Media YouTube channel. And if you aren't subscribed to that, you're going to want to check that out because there's some sweet hunts in the past, but this year especially, we actually purchased a second camera so we get, we're going to have multiple angles um, we will have more videos because we can both have a camera at the same time and we don't live in the same town so that's very a very important thing for us so we don't have to worry about swapping cameras and things like that we just always have one with us but anyways he was up there with me we got up there I got off work and got up there as soon as we could just to try to hit that evening hunt and that first evening we we got in there and we and we had a game plan based on onyx but once we got in there it turned out the um trees weren't quite as big as what we thought they were going to be which wasn't that big of a deal except we did carry hanging hunt setups in there so our plan was to do a hanging hunt and it just didn't work out quite like we planned. But I did find a tree that I could get my tree stand up in. And so I went ahead and did that. Tyler took off to a different end of that same tree rows, tree row. And basically he was just trying to see what he could see. He wasn't as close to a cornfield edge as I was. I was within 40 yards of corn which is kind of where we wanted to be because we had a general idea that these bucks were going to be moving along the edges of the corn. The hard part is early season like that with that much corn, 
I don't believe that it's always an evening thing. And actually, some of the pictures that Koi had showed us from the previous year, 2019, he had some bucks traveling. And if I remember right, I know it wasn't evening. I want to say it was like 2.30 in the afternoon. One of his biggest bucks was traveling the cornfield edge. So I just think they kind of get up and mosey around at random times with the corn in. So they're kind of tough to pattern if they're living directly in the corn. Now, some of the other properties I hunt, I think they're a little easier to pattern early season because they're not just living in the corn 24-7. But these whitetail, I'm pretty confident, are just constantly in the corn. They just don't ever leave it because there was never any real, there isn't any real timber around. It's not like a heavily wooded area or anything like that where they can go. So they were just living in the corn there. But anyways, I got set up and I actually ended up having a, a good little buck, probably mm, 110, 120-inch eight-pointer, uh, 40 yards from me. And... It was hard to tell from where I was at because we were late and I just got in there, climbed up the tree and got set up. But turned out 40 yards, I actually was not going to have a shot. So it's actually probably a good thing it was a really big buck because I'd have been pretty sick if it was a big buck. Just because there was some, there was one other tree I could have sat that was probably a little bit closer but it would have, well, it was a lot closer. We've probably been like five yards off the corn, which isn't necessarily ideal either. But anyway, saw that buck, had great footage of him, good encounter. So you can, like I said, you can see all that over on our YouTube channel. That video is actually going to drop tomorrow. So that's going to be October 12th. That's going to drop that first video and you're gonna see that buck cool buck kind of a tight tighter buck wraps around really tight but just a great encounter and then a little bit later I had a doe come through but just didn't see that big buck and then Tyler was sitting probably a quarter mile away from me to the southeast and he was actually overlooking a different cornfield. He wouldn't have been able to shoot the corn edge. But he was overlooking that field. He didn't have any uh, deer movement over there. Just came super close with a couple coyotes. But I still think it was important that he was over on that side and not right next to me. That's something new we've actually been trying this year with the season's media is we've split up more in the past we've really sat together and hunted together which i love doing with him that's some of the best memories i have with my brother is sitting together and hunting with him but we have decided that to maximize our efficiency it just makes more sense to split up and cover more ground so even if we aren't sitting like most of the time this weekend, we were sitting within three or four hundred yards of each other. So, yeah, you're close, but it, with archery, 
that's the difference in a, in getting a shot and not getting a shot. And to be honest, there's a gap there in between that you can still miss. So it's just something you don't think about or that we hadn't thought about in the past it, just because we really enjoy hunting with each other. So it's fun. We actually have a lot of jokes that go back and forth when we're sitting there hunting with each other. and It almost feels like we almost don't take it serious. But anyways, just being able to maximize that a little bit and understanding that by spreading out, yeah, we won't be sitting with each other, but we are increasing our odds of success. So, and that's really what it's all about if you're trying to get a big buck on the ground, which is kind of what our goal was that weekend. We didn't have a ton of time to hunt that. We didn't have any prior scouting experience or intel. Uh, we had some stuff in the previous year, but that was about it. So, that was our goal for that weekend. We have in the past always been about and continue to always be about the importance of hunting, being spending it with family and friends. So even though we were split up, sorry, I need to make sure I talk to the front of this mic. There, how's that? That's a little bit better. Um, even though we we're split up, we we're spending those evenings and the, some afternoons together. So it's I'm not saying we we're just totally separate, but when we actually went and sat, we did separate to maximize that uh, opportunity. So he didn't see anything. We caught back up. He finally, I left my stand because I was sitting there again in the morning for sure. And he was in a tree saddle. And he went ahead and pulled that because didn't he didn't plan on sitting in that again the next morning. <clears throat> we actually had a plan where he was going to sit instead of to the southeast of me, he was going to sit to the southwest of me where we saw a little bit more sign and he'd have been along the same field edge as I was sitting. So went back that night. We actually, my Dad has a cabin that was fairly close by, within half half an hour, like 30 miles. So we went and stayed there, and just threw some mountain houses together. We like that, just for the ease, to be honest with you. It's just, instead of going back and making a big old dinner and having that mess to clean up, it's just really nice to have a quick mountain house off a of jet boil and go straight to bed and no mess so you don't have to clean up and it's just it was just easier. And yeah, we like our sleep. So the easier the better because that means we can go to sleep earlier. So we did that. The next morning we got up, got in there early and we sat for what did we sit? Three and a half hours. And all I saw was three mule deer does about nine o'clock and Tyler didn't see anything. So again, it, it's tough with a corn in, especially when you have that much corn and no actual big plots of timber. So, and then the other thing we had working against us, it was a full moon. So there was probably some nighttime travel and things like that going on with those bucks. 
So then our next game plan was to figure out what we were going to do with our next two sits. So after that we had one more evening left and a morning left. So we took the rest of that late morning and early afternoon to kind of put together some intel, check out some spots that we had permission with Koi and Powder Morning on, and just see what they were all about and kind of make a game plan for what we wanted to do for the rest of the weekend. We pretty much crossed off the spot we are in. I do think that if you sat there enough, you come across a great buck. That I'm confident with. But what I wasn't confident with was being able to take the shot from where I was sitting. So we were going to have to get in super close. And the trees just weren't right. And I just didn't necessarily feel that there was a buck traveling there all the time consistently. And that's hard to tell without intel. But that was just a, I don't know, that gut feeling that I had. So what we did is we drove those cornfield edges and we tried, oh I actually missed a, missed a part. After that morning we went and checked out a water tank and walked the cornfield edge to see if there was any trails coming out towards that water tank and the tank had some tracks for sure but most of them were antelope tracks there were some deer tracks but I wouldn't say in abundance there was some elk tracks for sure but there just wasn't the sign we were looking for we actually thought that if there was enough sign we could commit to a ground blind right at that tank but there just wasn't enough for us to commit to that so what we did in the early or late morning, early afternoon is we just took the pickup and drove around the cornfield edges and looked for trails coming out of the corn. So whether they were big trails or just small trails coming out, some of them were trail roads that actually went to the pivot center. And just kind of check those out, look for sign, just try to collect as much intel in a short amount of time as we possibly could. And what we ended up deciding was close to actually to where we had been parking, there was a really nice wide trail. And to be honest with you, it's probably mostly used by elk, but you never know the hardest part, you don't know what time of day that's being used. There was 100% deer tracks in that area. So we know the deer were using it, you just don't know when. And with a full moon, there was probably pretty good odds that it was happening in the evenings or at nighttime. But we went ahead and sat there and we decided that was our next best opportunity for success. So. We sat that opening, Tyler actually sat hmm, 60 to 70 yards is all to the west of me on a little pocket in the corn that didn't grow, so it was like kind of like a marsh area, and there was deer tracks all through there. So he sat there, I sat a little bit further down the road in some weeds that kind of were right at where this trail came out of the corn. And nothing actually came off that trail, but to the east of me, about 150 yards, 
there was another trail that went to the pivot center and there was a there was a nice buck that came out of that out of that trail <coughs> excuse me and you guys will have to go check that YouTube video out. It's great footage. And we got close. I got super excited. I was actually, it actually captured it perfectly. I was sitting there talking to the camera. And all of a sudden I see this deer. I pull up my binos. And I think, I think I immediately said, shooter buck, shooter buck, shooter buck. And got super excited right away. Because at the time I immediately thought it was a shooter and as I assessed it more it wasn't quite as big as I thought it was but if it would have came in I was definitely gonna uh, release on him so I was gonna let that arrow fly but he can't worked his way toward a, excuse me he worked his way toward me and then just kind of took off to the north and out of sight so didn't go quite as planned, but it was an awesome encounter with an awesome buck. And it just gave kind of a small insight to the type of deer that Koi has on that property with powder morning hunting. There's some awesome bucks because this wasn't even one of the big ones. And he was going to get shot if he came by. And I've passed on a lot of deer in the last handful of years. So for me to tell you that he was going to be a shot, he was a very respectable, respectable deer. Um, he was an eight-pointer, good, uh, slightly above average width, decent height. His tine length wasn't super long, and he didn't have super good mass. So those are the two things that were really holding him back from being a great deer. He, he did have a huge body. So I would, it's so hard to tell without getting him on the ground, but he was in the two and a half to three and a half year old range. I'm betting more on the three and a half, but there's so many of those younger deer, especially when they're corn fed, that maybe look a little bit older than what they actually are. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was two and a half. But I'm betting that he was probably a three and a half year old buck. And he was a great respectable deer. And I'm confident that I was going to release on him if he came by. In the video I actually talked about I couldn't decide. And then the more I think about it I had to be honest with myself. If he came by I was shooting. So, so that finished up that night. I was pretty exciting. The unfortunate part is Tyler didn't see anything that night. And... So he was actually 0 for 2 on sits. Sorry, 0 for 3. Because he didn't see anything that morning either. But he stuck in there. <laughs> I don't know how I got the luck of the draw to see deer every single time I sat. And he didn't see hardly anything. But um, yeah, so we met back up. Game, we had a game plan for the next morning already. We we're going to go in and try a new property. And to be honest, hindsight 2020, I kind of wish we just sat that newer property right that night as well. Maybe one of us sat there or something because what we saw the next morning was really promising. But so that we got in there the next morning to this other spot. And it's in a shelter belt. 
So here's a new strategy for you guys if you haven't done this before. First strategy, working those trails coming out of the corn and working those pockets of corn that don't actually grow corn. Those are two, two strategies. This strategy, so we had worked the day before, during that afternoon we didn't, late morning and early afternoon we didn't hunt. We went into this place and we were checking it out and we just looked for tons and tons of sign and then we, that next morning we actually tried the, tried the ground assault game. So we sat up in a shelter belt facing a cornfield and just where we had seen a bunch of sign, Koi had told us in the past there had been good deer there last year. There was actually a really big deer shot out of that corner. So we went ahead and set up in there and... It wasn't much after daylight, the does started funneling my way, so I got pretty excited, that was cool. I had actually ended up having does about 10 yards, within 10 yards of me, so that was awesome. Even if it's not bucks, just having deer within 10 yards of you just gets you jacked. Or at least it does me. Maybe maybe I'm different than other people. I'm not for sure. But it gets me super pumped. I just love it. So had them and had three smaller bucks. Nothing that I would have released on had it come close enough. And actually one of them was more than close enough. But just wasn't quite what we were looking for. Um, Tyler was able to see all those deer. Well... Not all of them, but most of them. So, that was actually the first deer that he got to see. Uh, but yeah, we ended up coming home skunked. And I guess by skunked, I mean we didn't shoot anything. But to be honest, in my book, we weren't really skunked. We actually had a pretty good weekend. Because you just can't go out and expect to hunt a brand new spot and kill a big buck right away. So... The fact that we got out there, saw deer, had encounters, had opportunities to shoot deer if we weren't being picky, that's a win in my book. So that was that weekend, and actually I have not been whitetail hunting since, which is actually quite sad to me, but Tyler got married last weekend, so we had to throw that party, so super excited for him. Happy for him and his wife, Cassandra. Uh, they had a great wedding, and I'm excited to, for their future and for them. So they actually just got back on their honeymoon. I just talked to Tyler for about a half hour a few hours ago, and that was the first I'd heard from him since a week ago, last Sunday. So, so yeah, that was nice. I know they had a lot of fun on their honeymoon, and like I said, very happy for them. But what else do I got going on? I have a new gear list that I'm trying to get purchased, I guess. I became very interested in the Sika Gear Whitetail line. And I will have to say that obviously it's more expensive than some of the other products you could buy out there 
I haven't used it in the field yet, but my biggest problem in the past has been that I get cold really easy, and I don't think it's necessarily like there's something wrong with me or my body gets cold easy. I just think it's I didn't have the high have high enough quality gear. So I'm really hoping that this stuff hooks me up and we can take care of that problem in the tree stand this this winter, especially that late season or rifle season here in Nebraska in November. Sometimes it can get just bitter cold. In December, it, can, it is usually bitter cold. So I plan to purchase that stuff in increments. I can't I can't just drop however many thousands, couple thousand dollars on gear in one go round. So I had to make some decisions. I worked a little bit with Tyler. He helped me decide and just not buy some of the things that I could supplement other things with. For example, I have some vests that I can use so I didn't buy the vests right away. I have a I'm not going to say good, I'm going to say an average pair of bibs that I have, so I didn't buy the bibs right away. What I was lacking was a good outer layer to keep me warm, and I had some okay mid layers, but I didn't have anything down or that compressed really well, so in the past, <laughs> to get to stay warm, in the tree stand in the late season or when it was really cold. To be honest, I look like a flat out marshmallow. Big old camo marshmallow sitting there in the tree. And I've never had, well, no. I did shoot a buck with my bow when it was pretty cold. But I don't think it was crazy cold. But anyways... If it's super cold, I look like a marshmallow, and I don't even know if I could hardly draw my bow, let alone get it anchored correctly. So, so the two pieces I ordered first, and I actually just got them in, I ordered the Celsius Midi Jacket. So it's a 100 gram, thin, uh, 100 gram I believe it was down, I, I, maybe a mix of down and synthetic synthetic down I'd have to double check on that uh, but it's, I know it's a hundred grams and I plan to use that when it's not super cold as my outer layer and then as it gets colder it's going to be my mid layer and just kind of a layering supplement jacket um, and then the one I'm the most excited about and that I've needed something like this for a long time is the Fanatic jacket. So that's going to be my outer. It's a Berber fleece jacket. Um, just, I believe it's going to be super warm. The pockets are very well thought out. If you guys have seen it, it zips from the hip up to the neck instead of from the waist or from your front waist up to the neck. So it kind of zips across sideways, and the reason for that is so it has your two hand pockets. So it's like a sweatshirt pocket on the front, it's like a hand warmer. So that's super nice. It's got a spot for the rangefinder, 
I probably won't use that for the rangefinder. I'll probably keep like calls and stuff in there maybe, my grunt tube. Um, I wear a County 6 Predator uh, Bino Harness, excuse me. It's a, called the Traeger Optics Harness. So that's what I always keep my rangefinder in. It's got a rangefinder pouch. Sorry. I'm just sitting here looking at the Fanatic jacket. One second, let me grab that. What else does it have on it? It's still got the tags on it, to be honest with you. Oh, the other thing I really liked about it is the uh, integrated uh, tree harness hole in the back. It pops open. So. There's some jackets out there with tree harness holes in them, but this one actually opens up so that you can put this jacket on while your tree harness is already on, and then you can close it around that harness. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, it does have streamlined sleeves for the archery hunting community which I love because that's essentially what I do. And one thing I noticed when I had it on the other day, the sleeves, it's got a snug fit around your wrist, but then it does have more open. So it's got like a extra sleeve in it. It starts right at the wrist and it snugs up around the wrist, which is awesome. Um, that front pocket I was telling you about, it's got a zipper pocket in it to hold some more stuff. And what else? I already told you about the rangefinder pocket. I don't know. I'm just super excited about this thing. Can't be more happy with it. The fit's awesome. And I just think it's all thought out. It's not Berber. So on the left forearm, it's not Berber. And that's for the for the archer. So your strings not hitting that arm and then on the right elbow it's not Berber so you have the bendability there as you draw back and you're sitting there in full draw and your right elbow is super bent you don't want that to be super puffy and in your way so so yeah geez I just <laughs> just scared myself sitting there doing these archery movements and saw a shadow out of the corner of my eye Thought my wife was trying to sneak up on me and scare me or something. But anyways, so I'm super excited about those two pieces of gear. Um, I have just kind of a breakdown. I went on Sitka and I made a list, a wish list. But I have a breakdown just on a spreadsheet because I'm a spreadsheet nerd. And I got a spreadsheet there of what I can purchase next because... I don't know about all of you guys, but I do have to live off a budget a little bit. I can't just go out and buy new things whenever I want. So i got two kids, a family, wife. So i got to live off that budget a little bit and just kind of have to do some planning and sort that out with the ability to buy tags and all those things. So I'm pretty excited to continue into that whitetail line a little bit with Sitka. I did... I got them both in the Sitka Elevated 2 pattern, which I love. I think that's going to fit really well in 
any of the places that I hunt. So, other than that, what else? I had my cousin out here this weekend antelope hunting. I didn't actually get to go with him, but my dad did. Sounded like they got on a couple good boat, good goats, and he had a couple misfires and missed twice today. So that was pretty unfortunate for him, but in his defense, the wind was blowing 40 miles an hour today, so that is just something not you don't really prepare for, and to be honest with you, it's hard to prepare for 40 mile an hour winds, because it just doesn't happen very often, so in his defense, he had that craziness to deal with, but other than that, I hope to find a way to get out here in this next weekend and chase after a big buck that I got on camera. Uh, he's actually a buck that I have, I don't have history with in person, but I have a whole bunch of trail camera footage of him from last year. And it's public slash private, but I've never been able to confirm the same buck two years in a row. But this guy is 100% the same buck. He was my number one hit lister last year. And obviously if he survived, he continues to be my number one. So I need to get up there and get him, get him hunted. It's October 11th right now. So we're kind of in what some people call that October lull. But... Even if it is a lull, if you're not there hunting, you're definitely not going to kill anything. So, I've been keeping up with the, uh, what is it called, deer cast a little bit. And they talk about the October lull and just maybe staying away from your best spots, which I kind of wanted to do anyways. I kind of wanted to hunt the edge for him this next weekend. So, hopefully I can find a day to sneak up there. It's like a two-hour drive from here, which stinks, but maybe I can get lucky and talk the wife into letting me run up there for an evening or something. She's got to work, so that's why I'm not up there for the whole weekend. But I'd like to get up there and hunt him at least in the evening, and then the weekend after that, I think you're nearing the end of that lull a little bit. And I'd like to maybe try to get on him a little bit harder that weekend. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. And hopefully I can get her done. But it's an awesome buck. To be honest with you, I haven't even counted his points yet. Because there's just a whole bunch of stuff going on there. He's a non good non-typical buck. So I'm excited to get after him a little bit. Well... I think that's all I've got for you guys tonight. I might go make one more margarita, a little nightcap, and go to bed. So I hope you guys have a fantastic week. I'm going to dish this out hopefully tomorrow on Monday the 12th. If not, it's for sure going to be Tuesday, I promise. But either way... My first thing I'm doing tomorrow morning is dropping a new YouTube video on the Seasons Media. And that's going to be that first evening whitetail hunt with Powder Morning Hunting. And you can see an awesome buck there. Some awesome footage. I would love your feedback on what you think of our videos. We're really starting to boom. We're over 1,200 subscribers now. So 
uh, we got something going here and we're very excited for the future so make sure you check out our YouTube channel that's the seasons media and then we're on Instagram as well at the seasons media so check all that out give us a follow subscribe to us you know all the all the normal stuff like it comment subscribe smash that you know anyways help us out we love it we love your feedback I would also love some emails from you guys so that's hunting overtime at gmail.com so hit me up with some ideas you got for podcasts maybe if you got an awesome story we can meet up and I can get you on the podcast and then you can just continue to help me out and you can dish that out to your friends you know I love all that help so I appreciate all of your support Thank you, everybody, for listening, and make sure you tune in next time. That'll be episode 21. We'll catch you guys there.